everybody, welcome to you at the Watches Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And I, I love that we're starting off the show with Ryan Frozen on his screen. <laughs> we are already? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's my computer. I don't think it's on your end. So hopefully you'll be unfreeze here soon. Um, um, but yeah, we're today we uh, we advertise this as a double feature, but today we're doing a triple feature of The Addams Family. We're talking about 1991's The Addams Family, its sequel, The Addams Family Values, and the 2019 animated reboot, The Addams Family. Um, Devin and I both decided to just watch the animated one, and then Ryan was dragged along with us on that. So, <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so we're going to get into that here shortly, but before we get into that, Devin, I, I hear you watch some stuff. I watched a few things. I watched quite a few things. Uh, the first thing I watched is uh, the... It's a new show on Netflix. It's called uh, Midnight Mass. Have you guys heard of this? Yes. It's from the creator of Haunting of Hill House and Bry Manor. and Yeah. That is what drew me into it because I like those a lot. And they were like, finally, he's not doing an adaptation. He's doing his own thing. It's fine. I'm two episodes in. I want to, if you guys are interested at all in it, I know, Ryan, I know that uh, Haunting of Hill House didn't go over super well in, in your household. Uh, but it was like one of my favorite shows when it came out. <laughs> it 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 reminds me very much of. Do you guys remember when we were really into the Stephen King show? I think it's called The Outsider. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of that. Where, well, so yeah. you think it's gonna have a bad ending? <laughs> maybe, really, maybe. So the way that the the episodes are structured is that it will begin with an intriguing intriguing thing. It'll be fifty five minutes of character build up. Plus, like, a sprinkle of creepy things, and then it'll end on a cliffhanger that makes you go, dang it, I guess I gotta watch the next episode. Just like that, The Outsider was. Uh, I, I don't know where it's going. I think it's going to be, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, but I think it's going to be more similar to The Outsider than, than not. Then I think it'll be more similar to The Outsider than Hill House. I'm curious to see where it goes. I'll give you an update next week on what I thought about it. Like overall and if it's worth watching but for now it's intriguing enough and it's well acted enough and it's you know it's paced well enough and the camera work is great okay i yeah i'm i'm intrigued about this because the one actor i forget i forget what his name was uh he was also on i zombie but he just co-hosted black man beyond with mark bernard in the other week oh did and he? they were they were talking about this so i'm intrigued by it um yeah, I, I like Mac Mike Flanagan a bit. Uh, I still haven't watched Hill House or Brian Manor for that matter. Um, but I'm intrigued by this one. Um, yeah. Here's so, the thing I like about it, and, okay. and Hill House did this well, where it it's horror, but it doesn't rely on jump scares and gross things. Like, and it's not necessarily shock horror or body horror. It's more like creepy, atmospheric, and then like did I see something in the corner of my eye? Like my favorite part about Hill House is that throughout every shot, there are ghosts hidden in the background of mm -hmm. each shot. And it takes you a while to notice them unless some jerk like me points them out to you. Um, in this one, they don't have anything really hidden in the background of shots, but you there's something going on and you just keep seeing eyes in places. So like someone will be like looking out the window and it'll look fine, but then you'll see like these two dots that could have been like lights in the distance shift a little bit. And you're like, oh, those are eyes. 
and stuff like that. And like that's that's the kind of horror that I like. Is it like kind of slow creeping horror, not the jump scare, but the what did I just see? Like as an audience member, I think that's awesome. Ryan, you are still frozen. I am. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, apparently, it looks funny. I don't see it. Uh, you're you're yeah. a spinning you're a spinning thing for me. Uh, oh, so, but... so maybe it's not not on my end. Okay. Well, that's yeah. fun. If that's nothing, right. uh, at least you're looking at your 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 on screen. So. Exactly. For our audio listeners, no one cares. Um, <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um. Okay, cool. So that's on Netflix. Um, I w- I watched a thing, and from the pre-show chat, it sounds like we all watched a thing. Uh, we all evidently watched just the first three episodes of Star Wars Visions. Um, yeah. I don't know how we planned that out, but um, yeah, we all only saw the first three episodes. We're all so in sync. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bye, bye, bye. Uh <laughs> Uh, so, hold so on. what did you guys think? I really enjoyed two out of the three. <laughs> yeah. I. Which one didn't you enjoy? The the the, the Tatooine Rhapsody one was kind of weird for me. Um, oh. I it wasn't my favorite of the three. I really loved the first one, which name's escaping me right now. Um, oh yeah, the 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 black and white one. Yeah, the, the black and white, the one that is pretty much just doing Kurosawa as Star Wars. Yeah. like it, it it's come full circle. Like we did our episode on the Hidden Fortress, and then like Star Wars is now doing Hidden Fortress as Star Wars. Like it, it was just really cool to see that, and I yeah. enjoyed that story. I you know I actually did really like the the Tatooine Rhapsody one. Which, by the way, you spoiled something that I know somebody in chat doesn't know. Uh, the lead singer of that, or the the main voice actor of the Tatooine Rhapsody episode, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Didn't know that. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. But I I really liked that one, too, just because I, I feel like a lot of these episodes are going to be very, very Jedi-heavy and very kind of lightsaber fight-heavy. And this was the first one where they're like, I just want to be singers. Like, we just, I, I don't want to be a Jedi. I could have been, but I don't want to be. Yeah. I just want to sing. And that was cool. I want, like, show yeah. me other, like, show me the guy that cleans Bantha poop. Like, a long <laughs> tattoo. Show me his life. I want to see that in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And it, I really like the first one. Um, yeah. It the did, duel. It was the, called. the duel. I did kind of have, like, a, like, that's just too silly moment and that's when like the uh the body shell of the atat comes driving down like the lane in the center of town and it was like just just small enough to fit down the road like it was a little silly looking <laughs> but other than that i absolutely loved that one um i actually really liked the rhapsody one uh-huh I saw the title on the screen when I was watching it, but I didn't even read it, so I had no idea that it was actually Rhapsody. Like I was like, oh, okay, that's the title, and then I just kind of waited for the actual thing to start. Yeah. Um, I like the concept of it. The artistry is a little modern for my taste, but it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just... I kind of stopped paying attention through the third one. Oh, the was that, was that the twins one? The twins one. Like... As soon as he got, I'm I'm just gonna say it. 
as soon as they were both standing on the outside of the twin Death Star cannon setup thing, I lost interest. I think it was because the whole the whole premise of that one was let's just do a lightsaber fight. There was almost no buildup, almost no character. It was let's just do a lightsaber fight. And I gotta tell you, I'm not usually nitpicky about this nonsense, right? They should have been wearing space helmets. Yeah. And it bugged me the whole... And it, it wouldn't have bugged me because I was like, okay, fine. In this rendition of Star Wars, they could just breathe in space. That's mm-hmm. fine. The robot at the end was wearing freaking space helmet. Yeah. That's what killed me. The one that didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, that was distracting for me in the in the twins. The other thing that was distracting was just I kept picturing Allison Brie and Neil Patrick Harris. See, I didn't um, know the two that was, and I love yeah. that. Also, Ryan, I unfroze your video. I figured it out. You're unfrozen. Cool. Nice. So, wow. So no, very so, cool. So no more picking your nose. Yeah, there we go. So my thing with the the way that the twins looked, um, the only like non-mainstream anime that I'm a really big fan of is Neon mm-hmm. Genesis. Sure. Um, and I probably and I'm probably butchering the name, but when her helmet came off, she looks exactly like the one character from that anime. Oh wow! Which which I mean, all of these are set up to look that way to mm-hmm. begin with, like like you know like that animation style. But it was just really funny. Like her helmet came off, and I'm like, oh, it's the German character from. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, the German one. character from Neon Genesis. This is kind of cool. Where's her giant robot suit? <laughs> So I asked this question to Romano while we were watching it. Of any of the three that you've watched, would you guys watch a continuation? Maybe we'll call it a limited series of any of the three that you watched. Of the duel, yes. The yes. duel? Yes. Yeah, I think I am hands Heavily down on agree. the duel. I think I would even watch a continuation of Tat- Tatooine Rhapsody. I definitely wouldn't watch the twins. I'd want an album <laughs> yes. from Rhapsody. Because, I mean, that's like mainstream generic pop punk like rock music yeah and that's just good background music like that to me is just good background you know just nah, i gotta do some chores put on some background music that to me sounds like good 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 you know background music i kind of want a bit more realistic lyrics though than just like will smith rap lyrics <laughs> but you, that's you know, kind of what, know what i mean yeah yeah uh did you guys um do you guys think they'll make any of these canon? I heard that they're not canon yet. And then there was like the emphasis on the, you know, the wink yet kind of thing. <laughs> like, would you guys see any of these be canon? I, I mean, out of the ones we saw so far, I, I doubt it. But that that's what's great about Star Wars and this idea of visions is you can let mm-hmm. these different uh, storytellers tell their own stories and it doesn't have to stick to canon. Like if they want to do yeah. a thing about two uh, Sith Lords who are related and then one decides to go to the light side, they can do that and not have to worry about the canon of, well, between uh, Darth Plagueis and Darth Vader, there was only Darth City. Like you don't have to worry about right. all of that Where did stuff. Fit in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think if they can, they can maybe like do subtle hints to it down the line. I think that'd be cool. I don't think it needs to be. I don't think all of this needs to be canon. Uh, although sure. I, I do like to think that the uh, the Tatooine Rhapsody one is, and like that there was that one time where Boba Fett went to a rock concert where Anakin <laughs> won the pod race. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like mm-hmm. that idea a lot too. Mm-hmm. Same here. 
I, I mean, I hope that's just a whole episode of the book of Boba Fett. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I did also like the design of like the lightsaber microphone, and I liked what that like represented, like his old life versus his new life. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah I was. I was seriously waiting for the lightsaber to trigger on, like right at the well, end he when he was singing, singing the high it. note, because like it started to glow. I'm like, oh no, this is gonna. It's gonna turn on. It's gonna go right through his head. It's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's about all we have for we watch this the segment of the yeah. show. So let's get right into today's main topic um, in the best way possible. Ba da da da. Hey, we actually. I don't know if that was in sync. Yeah. Whatever. I'll fix it in post. But today we're Good. talking about the Adams family. We're starting off our triple feature with the 1991 film. The Adams Family, starring Raul Julia, Angelica Houston, Christopher Lloyd, and Christina Ricci. Um, and I'm going to toss it over to Ryan because I'm talking a lot and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alan. You you definitely need to rest up your voice there a little bit. So uh, the director to one and two, if I believe, is Barry Sun. Sun we we did this before the start Sonenfeld. of the show. No, Sonenfeld. Sonenfeld. Thank you. <laughs> We must have redone that name like five times. But anyway, um, these movies uh, are based off of a TV show from the early 60s called The Addams Family. And then that show was based off a comic strip um, that was around in the 30s and 40s, I believe. Um, So we're definitely going to be deep diving into different aspects of different things here. the, the first movie, made in 1991, is just titled The Addams Family. Uh, it's just a introduction to what I consider to be the modern Addams Family. Uh, Mike, uh, I cannot remember a time where I didn't know about this movie since it came out when I was like six. Mm-hmm. So probably saw it for the first time around six or seven. Um and it was just a, a staple movie in my family to watch. And then when the second one came out in 93, I watched both of these evenly. In fact, uh, Kristen and I own a DVD copy that has both of them on it. So we typically watch them back to back, kind of like Wayne's World. Um, Good. Uh, this is, I wouldn't put this in one of my like, you know, top 10 favorite movies ever, but definitely within like the top like 50, mm-hmm. both of these films are. Um, and I just, I like the dark, gloomy, uh, humor that's in it. Uh, so given all of that, it surprised me that neither one of you two had seen either one of these yet. I have seen bits and pieces of these, but I've never sat down and watched all, both of these live action films front to back. Um, I remember seeing the third made for TV one at one point. Um, and not understanding why it was made for TV. And we'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of these. Uh, my wife likes them both. Um, but I've never sat down and watched the whole thing front to back. So. Okay. And Devin, what, what can I get an explanation as from you as to why you've never seen these yet? <laughs> I have, a, I have a slight confession to make. All right, so first, I knew that Adam's Family was a cartoon series in the early 90s. I've seen that. Yeah. I think, in my mind, Adam's Family... What must have happened in my mind is Adam's Family is a cartoon show. 
Don't you dare make my cartoon cartoon show a live action show. Don't do that. <laughs> it's cartoons. And I think that was probably my mentality. But I think my minor confession here, I think I've seen Adam's Family Values before. Because I started okay. watching it and went, like at one point I was like, the baby's going to have a mustache. And then the baby had a mustache. I'm like, how did I know that? <laughs> so like, I feel like I've seen it and just forgot that I saw it. It was a delight to watch a second time. I don't want to spoil too much. Yeah. But apparently, also apparently my sister had watched both of them without me at some point, And I'm mad about it because she didn't share. <laughs> Okay, so um, I think the movie, I think the first one came out before the cartoon sh- did. Yeah. Yeah, but I was probably introduced to the cartoon well, way before. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm just saying. It's just here, funny yeah. Dev in mind. Here's a weird thing. Like, um, I was introduced to Beetlejuice, the cartoon, before I even knew about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the 90s was, like, the 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 peak of animated uh, series based on film properties because you had Beetlejuice you had Batman you had the Addams Family there was a Free Willy animated series where the whale Ghost- talked Ghostbusters Ace Ventura Ace Ventura mm-hmm. The Mask um, gross 90s what were you doing Godzilla it was the 90s yeah yeah so man <laughs> okay so whoever wants to go first um what did you guys think seeing these uh seeing the first one all the way through? Uh okay. My my immediate thoughts were I've seen this movie before and it was called a very Brady sequel. Uh because the whole he we're gonna put him we're gonna plant him into the family to pretend to be this family mem this long lost family member is the exact plot of the very Brady sequel. The oh, I didn't know that. sequel to the Brady Bunch movie where uh they have um, Mrs. Brady's ex-husband, uh, the the de- the father of all the girls, come back and like try to con them out of all their money. Um, Weird. So I yeah, it, I don't know why that was a plot thread in the '90s for Paramount because that's also a Paramount picture. Like it's <laughs> weird. Um, but that was my immediate thought. This was okay. I didn't know about the whole Fester not being Fester. Th- plot of this movie who's mowing their grass at 6 30 at night can you guys hear that? <laughs> no oh, i didn't hear man. that no but i love that i'm hoping my mic's not picking it up but i can hear no, it and it's like so. why um yeah i didn't know that was a whole subplot of this movie um because i i don't think i've seen this whole this movie at all i've seen bits and pieces of adam's family values but this one i had no clue that was the plot Okay. Uh, so I don't think I've seen this one even a little bit. And I, I've definitely never seen any of the Brady Bunch movies. I think I know there's one where they go to Hawaii and there's an idol or something. They make fun that's, of on Scrubs. That's the same one. Oh, yeah. then that's that's the only one that I, I even <laughs> am vaguely aware of. But um, I loved this movie. Uh, I didn't know that Christopher Lloyd... I didn't know that Christopher Lloyd's character wasn't not Fester. And so like the whole movie, I was like, is he Fester? I bet you he's... How did he know that thing? I bet he's Fester. So, like, I was along for the ride the whole time, which Good. made me feel dumb, because I feel like that should have been very obvious, but I don't care. <laughs> I was on board for it. Uh, I need to watch this movie again, because some of the one-liners go so fast and are so well-written that, like, I I need to watch it again. I, I love the humor in this. I This one was okay. 
I think yeah. what you're talking about, I picked up more in Adam's family values. Who, okay, so what what character did you pick it up on? All of them. So oh, all of them. What, what I, I what I think, what I th- what I could see happening is this is uh-huh. this is a this is a solid film, like on its yeah. own, and I think it's a great introduction to all of these characters and these interpretations of these characters. Um, I think everyone in this cast is phenomenal. Um, but you don't really get Christopher Lloyd playing Fester. Like he's not Fester. Yeah. He's like an imposter this whole movie, but Wednesday is spot on. Uh, Raul Julia as Gomez and Angelica Houston as Morticia. Like their characters are fantastic in this and you get a great introduction to these characters. By the time you get to Adam's family values, I think everyone is just like working their best and the script is so much more solid and the lines, the, those one liners are there because in the first five minutes of Adam's family values, I laughed out loud more than I did in this <laughs> whole film. <laughs> I love to hear that. Yeah, I, I really do. I, uh, Morticia I'm, has a lot of the one liners in the first one. Yeah. Morticia like, is my favorite character in both films. It's the way that I see it is that the first one, it's Morticia's movie. Like, that's kind of how, like, after seeing it the hundred plus times I've seen this movie, probably. It's definitely Morticia's movie in my mind. And then I feel like, and I know this isn't how it happened, but I like to pretend this is how it happened. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was, like, a cast reunion, like, a year later. And Christina Ritchie was, like, so good at playing Wednesday at that point. Everybody came together and said, we have to do a second one. Look at her. She's so good at this character. We need to have her have more lines. And then they made the second one. And then the second one is Wednesday's movie. (laughs) So I I can see that. So I think the reason they made the second one is they had a budget of $30 million. It went on to gross $191 million. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not surprised. Holy cow. Um. And in 30, 30 years ago, money, that's, that's still a lot. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, from the sounds of it, both of you enjoyed the first one, seeing it for the, you know, all the way through for, 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 for the first time. I, I enjoyed it. it. I wasn't a big fan of the whole, he's not really fester storyline, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, yeah. But then um, he is. Yeah. <laughs> and like for the, the the effects in this one held up okay, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've got some stuff to say about the effects in Adam Stanley values a bit yeah. more. I mean, um, in this okay. one, a few shots of cousin or a few shots of it look a little bit not it was it thing look a I little think. bit rough. Yeah, like there's a couple yeah. times yeah. you can see like the blue around the wrist. Mm-hmm. That's well, fine. Particularly at the beginning when he's walking through the hallway and the camera pulls back and he's at Gomez's feet. Like, it yeah. just seems like the hand is floating, not that the hand's yeah. on the floor. Like, so, I mean, it's 1991. They had their budget that they did. Um, but yeah, the one-liners in the first one. And... I, prior to moving to the second one, because this is the only yeah. way that I can think of splitting this up is talking about each one individually. Uh-huh. Yeah. In the first one, what was your guys' favorite moment? I, I know it. Think of at the no, I got it right away. Um, this is the part I had to pause and watch again because I liked it so much. It was when they were visiting uh, Wednesday's school. 
uh, just before the play or the musical that they do. And um, <laughs> all of it. It's all of it now. But uh, they were in the hallway and the teacher was like, well, I'm, I'm really concerned about, about Wednesday's uh, hero or heroine that she picked. And it was like her great aunt, whatever, whatever, that was like burned as a witch. And Morticia goes, don't worry. We've talked to her about it. Not until after college. <laughs> oh, I love it. And like that. And then like it goes immediately to like them with their Quentin Tarantino amounts of blood. And then they just like do bows with it. And it's still going. Oh, perfect. Give me more of that. <laughs> Uh, I like the dance. The what was it, Mamushka? Mamushka. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. I like that whole sequence. Uh, I just like Raul Julia stole. Like you, you said that this is this was uh, uh, Morticia. Morticia's movie. Gomez yeah. in this though, like he steals. Oh, he's amazing. For me. He's yeah, fantastic. I mean, like gone too soon. Um, and we'll get into that, but like. Yeah, he like just his 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 interactions with Morticia and um, Fester, I think, are fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I really enjoyed his performance and like that whole dance number because you sent me that you sent me the meme that we posted before I got to that scene. Yeah, me too. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, the um, I was hoping that you would really like that one, Alan because of the whole like music thing mm-hmm. and uh, let you know too, you might actually be disappointed in this. That's actually cut down. There's actually a whole number to that, that they cut because, uh-huh. because, uh, because during test screenings, all of their test audience said that it slowed the movie down. Mm. So they cut it down to just what they showed. But, but if you get the soundtrack, you get the full song, not the edited version that's in the film. I'm going to want to watch it. I'm going to want to at least listen to the, the full song. Mm-hmm. Um, now, since both of you took my top two answers as well, which I was <laughs> expecting, I have a backup. And my okay. backup is when the fake doctor is getting Gomez to believe that he's having displacement issues. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's vile, he's backstabbing, he's faster. <laughs> Um, the, my favorite line of this though is when the Girl Scout comes up to them. Oh yeah, and, and she's like, "Are the, are the cookies made of real Girl Scouts?" That's a line that my wife will actually say to Girl Scouts. <laughs> cookies. Um, mm-hmm. And they're probably way too young to get this, like to get the reference. Yeah. How does um, that go over? Not well. <laughs> not as well as you think it would. Um, <laughs> Love it. So to touch on that and then we're going to jump to the second one unless you guys have any other topic to talk about the first one um this movie has one of my like top five product placements in it and it's when lurch is drinking the lemonade and right behind his shoulder is the giant tombstone yes billboard (laughs) yes i and Here's the thing. It's not that it's my favorite product placement as in it's so in your face. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite product placements because I miss that ad campaign. I miss the whole what do you want on your tombstone ad campaign because I thought, I mean, even as a kid, that's kind of what made me want to go into graphic design and like the commercial art realm and why oh, wow. I eventually sought out those classes was to do stuff like that. Obviously, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and probably for the better (laughs) but 
It fits um, so well in the movie, though. Like, oh, it, yeah. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And it's the whole, you know, Tombstone, Adam's family, the morbid joke to it. Like, it all works. And yeah. that's, you know, just the feel of it. It was like... I really hope that somebody at the studio or somebody working on the movie was like, if we're going to have an ad, it needs to be this. Yeah. Just because it works so well. Um, but unless you guys had anything else, we can jump to the thir- uh, jump, jump to the second one. Then I got nothing. That's I, don't good. Know I, I, I loved it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Adam's family values came out in 1993. Uh, we already touched on a tiny bit of it. Um, and I already gave my, you know, experience with, you know, all, you know, with, with the first two movies we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. So, what did you guys think of Alan? Your first time seeing it all the way through, and Devin, you realizing that it was stuck in the very basement of your mind that you'd seen them before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely love this one. This one, yeah. as much as I enjoyed the first one, this one, like I said, this one had me laughing five minutes in. Uh, I thought the script was like so much stronger and the jokes hit better. Um, And I think part of that was because the first one had about five or six different writers for the screenplay. This one had one. Um, So it was a lot more salt. Like they brought in the guy who cleaned up the last draft of the script to come in and do this one. So it's, it's a lot more, uh, straightforward the jokes land for me um uh carol kane takes over the role as granny and they actually give her some stuff to do and i was like i think that's i think that's carol kane and i was like i had to look it up on i was like yep that's carol kane uh she's been playing the same character since 1980 um but i really enjoy this one i think the I, i like the idea of Pugsley and Wednesday at summer camp with yep. uh, yeah with David Crumholtz, uh, <laughs> Bernard from the Santa Claus movies. Um, mm-hmm. No, I really enjoyed this one. And then Christopher Lloyd actually being able to be Fester this time, I think was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I, I mean, I basically reflect what Alan said. I love the first one. I like this one a lot better. I'll I'll go back and watch both of them, I think, just in general, but I'll be more excited to rewatch this one, like by far. Yeah. Um it, it you know, really for everything that Alan said, but also just for the random cameos that happen in this movie. <laughs> Look, seriously, give me random Tony Shaloub in any movie and I am a happy guy. <laughs> random anything with random Nathan Lane is fantastic. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> um who, who later went on to play Gomez Adams on Broadway he in the did. Broadway I show. I forgot about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, so I only have one thing in my head right now. Like I had this whole thing about yeah. what to talk about, but I only have one thing in my mind right now and it's a one liner and it's my favorite part of the second one. And it's when Debbie comes in the nanny, uh, the black widow and looks at Gomez and says, well, aren't you a lady killer? And he looks at her and he like, he takes his cigar in his hand and he like puts it forward and says, acquitted. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. 
my my my, my fa- like one of the first lines that just got me was they're in the the waiting room for the uh the baby to be born and this little girl's going off about how the stork yeah. brought a diamond oh, yeah. and then boy's just like our parents had sex like <laughs> and, and, and and this is what i meant by like I know it's not how it happened, but I have this belief in my head that, you know, that like somebody on the set saw, you know, Christina Ritchie older by like a year or two, saw mm-hmm. her like redoing the character was like, we need to do another movie. She's this good at this. They gave, they, they give her a bunch of lines in this and she like, as a kid, she must have loved doing this. And I think she's even said that this was probably, I think her favorite character that she's ever done. I, I can see it. I mean, she knocked it out of the park with it, and it def- they definitely made it more of her movie. I still think that Morticia's my favorite. Like, of all of these, like, Morticia has some of the best lines. Um, but I... I could, just... for- I could forgive you for all of that, but pastels? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my, my line in this one is, uh, oh, he has your father's eyes. Honey, get them out of his mouth. <laughs> I, come on! <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. And, it's just oh, so good. Yeah, and that's what gets me into what I like about the Adams family, about mm-hmm. these movies particularly, is that there is a decent separation between the morbidness, the sense, you know, the humor, and what's real in the realm of like the supernatural and what's not. Yeah. And what they ground this in is that they're just people who have a very odd sense of living, and the kids are fascinated with death and that's kind of like the slapstick comedy thing, but Mm -hmm. they're normal people like you and I, they're just really morbid. Like they never, they, all of them got into like a goth phase in high school and then just deep dived on it instead of, you know, trailing back a little bit like most people. (laughs) They never left. Exactly. Um, And that's what I like about these movies. Um, And hence why I'm more of an Adams family person than a monsters person. Not sure if you guys watched any of that or know about that. That, I, that oh, that I one. do. I love the Munsters. Um, I do. Okay. Herman Munster is fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the classic show. Like that's the one oh, that yeah. I have the, the the connection to the classic stuff. Like the yeah, the one in the the movie they made in the nineties is meh. But I didn't yeah. know they made the a Munster. movie in the nineties. I only know the classics. Uh, they made like a uh, made for TV movie. It wasn't. It was trying to to. Uh, make money off of this whole Adams family craze. Gross. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's where the monsters came from, anyway, because they were competing. They were competing in the '60s with the Adams family, so that mm-hmm. network made the monsters. Yeah. So, you know, there's uh, there's there's that which we'll get into when we talk about the the next one, um, but. Besides the one-liners, what did you guys think about the like depiction of '90s life outside of the Adams family that 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 they did in this with Debbie and at the camp? Like that contrast between you know Gomez and Morticia standing there at the camp, and Gomez is there. He's there, depressed, and he's like the fresh air, the smell of pine. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys like that contrast? I I mean, it it works very well. And I think we're going to get into that here in a bit about like 
the lifestyle of the Adams versus uh, modern day society, wherever they are. Um, but now I, I enjoyed it. Like it, it seems like they don't seem too far fetched from reality in these films. Like it's not hard mm-hmm. to, to picture them going to the grocery store and picking up stuff. Yeah. Um, it's it's believable, and I like how they they have that balance. I think the one thing I did appreciate about them, especially in this movie, is it showed that like in general the Adamses are just more accepting of differences than most of the people that they run into, and I liked that as seen through the lens of the camp and like the guidance counselors, specifically the camp, and like the the play that they put on or the musical that they put on oh my gosh some of the lines in that musical i was like just cringing at and i was like oh stop it and i know you're supposed to yeah but like i don't know they what it was like they might be savages but they have turkey or something i'm like oh and like good that's the that's take that like give me that give me adam's family bumping up against those people like that's what i want yeah, and ex- particularly with tiny little inside jokes, or not inside jokes, but like adult humor thrown in with Pugsley and the turkey costume going, eat me! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, what I like, you guys have covered the camp, and that's really on point to how I see it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go over to like the more Debbie side of things. Mm-hmm. I really liked almost the tragedy of just how wanting Fester was of like a relationship that he got into what he got into. Um, And which made me love the humor of Debbie being, or whatever the black widow's real name is um, with her getting so frustrated that he just won't die. (laughs) He just, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it was definitely an interesting part to it. That was the one part that I thought I, I love Christopher Lloyd. I love seeing Christopher Lloyd. I I want. I think I wanted a movie where uh go where he wasn't uh, where Fester wasn't brainwashed into something or other, <laughs> unless that's just what he does. Like unless that's just Fester's character, well, he's always getting brainwashed. Fester's character, he's more of he used he's used as a punching bag in these movies. Mm-hmm. To be honest. And in the animated one we're going to be talking about, Devin, I know that you'll be leading on that one. They kind of lean into more of like the traditional role of Fester, the way he was in uh, the comic strip and a little bit in uh, in in the show. Mm -hmm. But for the type of family dynamic that they made for the live action movies, I feel Mm -hmm. like it kind of works for his character. It does. I, I, I mean, I, you're not wrong. I, I appreciated his place in all of it. And I think what it did is it does a good job of giving the Adams is another group or another person or another type of person to butt into. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, even though the first movie was just, you know, describing who the Adam, like, it was a good introduction to the characters. I think really the first movie is an introductory movie. The second one is the fun that they should have had with the characters. Yeah. Um, even then, it's a good way to artificially bring in a type of person to butt up against what we know about the Adams family and challenge them in, in some way. And I like that because you need that kind of character foil. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're definitely not wrong with that. And I think Fester is a good character for it, like just as like a vehicle. 
yeah. for that kind of that kind of stuff. And that actor is good with that kind of humor. Like he just fits that role. And Devin, you're gonna like this. Um, Godfather Two. Yeah. The one character wore a fat suit. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. That's the same fat suit. No, it's not. That's the same fat suit. <laughs> I really love that. Wait, who wore a fat suit in Godfather Two? I'm looking it up. Hold on. So while I'm looking this up, I want you to know that in the middle of this, um, oh, young Clemenza, Bruno Kirby, wore a fake fat belly underneath his costume to indicate the growing obesity of his character. Played by the hefty Richard S. Castellano in the original okay. film. Yeah, that was worn by Fester. <laughs> That's amazing. The pedigree of that fat suit is phenomenal. And <laughs> now I want it as part of my collection. Yeah. Um. That's weird that 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 carried through to from the Godfather two to Adam's family, <laughs> um, because because like Adam's family has like this long history of like because of the TV show. Uh, John Aston played Gomez. Like they they mentioned in the chat here. Do you know who John Aston's son is by chance? No. Potatoes. Uh, Sean Aston. Really? Yeah. Really? Yep. Oh, I love that. Um, I didn't know that. But then the original Fester from the TV show, whose name I, I, I'm going to look up. I, I can look up here, but I'm not going to. Uh, he was the <laughs> kid in Modern Times with Charlie Chaplin. Oh, wow. So like he goes all the way back to like old, old uh, silent movie Hollywood. Um. So, yeah. Uh. So that was th- those are the first two live action films. Real quickly before we get into the uh, animated reboot that came out a few years ago, I want to talk a little bit about Adam's Family Reunion. I didn't know this existed. I want to uh, know all about it. This was a straight to video 1998 release starring Daryl Hannah from Splash as oh. Morticia Adams. Interesting. And, and Tim Curry as Gomez. <gasps> no. Yeah, it has on it has a 4.0 on IMDb. Oh. Um so Raul Julia passed away. Uh he was mm. suffering from cancer and then oh. um suffered a stroke and passed away in 1994. So shortly after this movie was released. Um and then uh, they wanted Angelica Houston and Christopher Lloyd to come back, and they said no. Uh, oh. They had to recast the kids because the kids are were too getting too old at that point to play the roles. So it's just a, a whole mess of things that they didn't continue this franchise. Um, but I, I'm, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not surprised she didn't want to keep on playing Morticia because she went through torture to be on set because she was wearing a uh so Devin, i see the confusion in your face yeah I have no um, idea. under that dress okay mm-hmm. she's wearing a metal corset that she can't lay down in oh wow okay um she has you know how um ah in you've seen the birdcage right yeah okay you know the the stuff that they put under the wigs that that like pulls the face back oh yeah yeah 
Yeah, she she had that on, but it took three hours to put on and take oh off. Oh my gosh! So because she needed to get a knuck, um, a knuck, a neck, uh, like um, a neck thing done to like stretch her neck down. They had to pull her face back, and it was three hours of makeup. So that plus the wow. metal corset, and then in every single scene in both movies, there is a light specifically shined at her eyes to give yep, her that look. Right there. She had a migraine by halfway through filming every day. I so I can understand why she wouldn't want to do it a third time. <laughs> I can tell you right now from the screenshots of Adam's family reunion, they did not do any of that for Dale Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me tell you how bad this movie is. It doesn't even have official publicity shots on IMDb. They're just screenshots from when this aired on Jet X. Remember that? <laughs> the, the Disney yeah. Channel? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I will say, though, the uh, the different lighting for Morticia in these films, I really enjoyed. Um, yeah. It's a shame that it gave her a migraine, though. That 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 sucks. Yeah, um, but I mean, she I mean, she 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 wanted to do the role because the, they originally wanted Cher to play. Her, oh, which, weird. I mean, in the early 90s, I could definitely see Cher pulling this off, but I'm happy she did it mm-hmm. instead of Cher personally i i think she killed it i mean like i said i i know that she went through a lot for the part and i appreciate it because i love it so thank you (laughs) um so hold on before we move on to the the next bit ryan which one of these two is your favorite i know you rewatch these every once in a while like do you have a favorite or is this just one long movie in two parts for you i mean most of the time it's one long movie but if i had to like you know if I had to pick, I do like the second one more, okay. uh, simply because I like everything at the camp, and nothing, nothing makes me laugh harder when it comes to like one of these early '90s comedies than Christina Ritchie coming out of that shack and the ability to actually show pain in trying to smile, and then when she does smile, like I. Because of because of how good she was at playing Wednesday in the first movie, and how even better she was in the second one, the way that she smiles when she finally gets that face on, it is legitly creepy. Yeah, really. And if you watch that scene and how she pretends to like force the smile on her face... It's great acting, and I yeah. love that part because it's hysterical. Because it comes after like hearing "Sound of Music" and Annie and yeah. all this other stuff. It's you're right. So, it's it's so well acted. I, I really yeah. do love that part. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I I love the first one too. But if I really had to put it, it would be the second one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that does it for the live action Adams Family movies. Let's talk a little bit about. 2019's The Addams Family, <laughs> st- starring Oscar Isaac. Oh. oh, what? Can I do that part? I'll go for it. Okay, so <laughs> we all accidentally watched this together. I wanted to do extra credit and watch it, and apparently Alan watched it too, and then we guilted Ryan into watching it. Um, yeah, so the 2019 Adams Family movie, I was vaguely aware of when it came out. Definitely didn't watch it at all until today. And I... I wanted to do the starring part because holy crap, this cast. So, Go for it. starring 
Oscar Isaacs as Gomez Adams, Charlize Theron as Morticia, Chloe Grace Mort- Martinez as Wednesday, Finn Wolford from uh, Stranger Things as Pugsley, Nick Kroll as Uncle Fester, Snoop Dogg is it, Bette Midler as Grandma, who do we have? Martin Short as Grandpa Frump. Like, this, this freaking cast, man, I didn't know about this until just now. Yeah. So it's, I lo- <laughs> it's insane. And what what the shame of it is, like, Oscar Isaac would make a great live action Gomez. Of course he would. Like, I don't know I mean, why. Like, you look at this cast, like, you look at the two of them, like, him and Charlize Theron. Like, they should be the live action. Um, this, They should be live action. Like, they shouldn't be animated. Like, they would work in that role as, yeah. but... It's an animated movie, so. So, with that stacked cast, gentlemen and gentlemen, what (laughs) did we think of the 2019 Adams Family movie? I hope kids like it. Yeah, not for me. Nope, hated it. (laughs) (laughs) It Are you serious? Hated it. (laughs) I didn't hate it. Okay, it's it's not great. What it does well. Is it does expand like the the kookiness of the Adams family in a way that you can't really do in live action. Like you right. can't really have Pugsley playing with <clears throat> explosives and making it look realistic in live action. <laughs> uh, you can't have like like if if you saw Christopher Lloyd shot with an arrow through the head twice, I think that would traumatize <laughs> some kids. But when it's an animated character voiced by Nick Kroll, you kind of want it to happen. <laughs> um, no, I, I, it was it was fine. I, I like that they got to do some weird stuff with the animation. Um, but yeah, it, it was just okay. Look, they, oh. my thing with it is they gave Pugsley something to do. Pugsley, in the other two live-action movies, and I was saving this criticism until now, does almost nothing. He's a tag-along for Wednesday. You can tell that Christina Ritchie got the pop, like, was the popular one. And they're like, ah, oh, right, we have the other kid, too. He's the turkey. <laughs> and, like, that was it. But, like, they gave him a plot, which is cool, and I, I appreciate that. Okay. Um, the only part that I legitly was like, I really want to show someone this. Mm-hmm. Is the part with cousin it, and the fact that it because I didn't look to see who the voices were, mm-hmm. the fact that they digitized Snoop Dogg's voice to be cousin it completely explains the car. Yep. <laughs> but what I do like is the tie-in between cousin it's intro music being hip hop, which it's hip hop in the Adams Family movies. Yeah. When cousin it makes his appearance and. In in the 1991 film, he's playing hip hop out of his little three wheeled bubble car thing that he's driving. That's and right. then in this, I mean, it's drop it like it's hot, and he's driving a Snoop Dogg car, which is just I saw that, and I'm like, oh, whoever this is, I'm gonna like it. <laughs> <laughs> I also in this movie to find things I liked about it. I also liked Lurch. I really liked the idea that like Lurch is this. I mean, he, he was, I guess, a genius? I don't know. He was reading, like, very advanced books. He played the piano and organ very well. He had a great singing voice. I like that. Give me that kind of lurch. Well, the thing is, too, you gotta... These 
this Adams family from mm-hmm. this movie is more based on the comic strip than it was the show. So the so the the live action movies are more based on the 1960s Adams Family black and white TV show. Okay. This is more based on the actual comic strip. Hence, yeah. Wednesday having her pet octopus. Um, mm. The way that the way that the, uh, the way that, that that the characters looked, and I had to remind myself that a few times because the one thing that I did not like about this movie, and that I'm not that I need to go back and read more about the comic strip than what I. I've, I've had in the past. I like the Adams family being morbid humans, not yeah. quasi monsters, because then things kind of tail off into like the monsters territory and the right. monsters yeah. are good. I like the monsters. The monsters should be their own thing. The Adams family should be their own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you've got the monsters and then you have a human family living next door that wants to be the monsters. Like that's who these two families are. Yeah. And that's what I really didn't like about this, where, like, the family comes to town and the one guy's riding a giant spider. Yeah. The one guy has flames coming out of his head. Like, I'm fine with this being what it is. If kids like it, I'm happy about it. I want the Adams Family in entertainment thing to continue because I, because I think it's a great... Uh, uh, tool or avenue to get stories across to kids that may like alternative, you know, things. Yeah. Just like how this movie portrayed, you had this little pleasant, you know, perfect town, like, you know, people who would send their people to that camp in the second <laughs> Yeah, movie. right. Um, but then you have the Adams family, which, like Alan said before, that they're more open. Like, they're kind of like live and let live. Like, you, you want to, you know juggle stones for a living fine go juggle stones i'm over here you know sword fighting you know it's fine whatever yeah i look this this movie did a thing that i get i think i'm getting a little bit bored of and i have to understand (laughs) that i'm an adult and i can't my getting bored of this means nothing to people that make movies and the people these movies are aimed at but (laughs) i am sick of this style of animation movie telling me that being unique in myself is the best thing I can be. Don't be like everyone else. The second the little girls in the town were singing the Why Be Yourself When You Be Like Everyone Else song, I went, I hate this. Stop it. And <laughs> I, I hate that song, that's yeah. an, Good. I, I get that it's an important message to send to people, especially at a young and impressionable age. Good. I'm 31. Stop giving me that message. I also should stop, stop watching these movies then. <laughs> I should stop consuming children's media is the real answer to this. Yeah. But I won't. <laughs> Never. Not for <laughs> It's not me. It's the movie producers who are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um the How oh, dare they I... give you a message that's not meant for you in this movie that you watched? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the one thing that I really didn't like at the start of this, as again, a thirty year old complaining about a kid's movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, the one thing I really didn't like about it, and I think this again goes back to the original like cartoon, mm-hmm. is that Wednesday's braids are in nooses at oh, the end. Oh no, I thought that was at cool. First, no, no, no. At at first, I was like, oh come on, there, because as soon as I saw the octopus, her like uh-huh. little pet squid thing, I knew that it was based off the comic strip because that's the one thing that I like. I know. Yeah. At least I really hope I'm right on that. That I remember that correctly. <laughs> um, but. 
like she has that little pet octopus and i'm like oh okay well this is based off the comic that's why this is so weird and i was like okay fine just go with it and the more the movie went on the more i was like you know i like the nooses at the end of the braids that's you know um that 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 fits um i didn't the whole idea of uh thing having an uh, an eye on oh yeah that was a little weird yeah that was a little weird like i think it just would have been better given the fact that you had one of the family members showing up riding the back of a tarantula that was like you know the size of a horse yeah i think that they just could have put like an eye socket in the wrist and it would have been okay yeah <laughs> i'm but it's an it's it's an <clears throat> eye watch get it uh i get didn't it? get it until now and i hate it get it <laughs> i don't know what i hate more the fact that they did that in the movie or the fact that alan said it like that i don't know which <laughs> one i hate more <laughs> no i'm just mad about the movie alan pointed out <laughs> So well, did you, they make an allusion? Oh, go ahead, Alan. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. Did they make an allusion in this movie to the first Adams Family movie? Because at the very end, when uh, when Fester and evil but not so evil lady were touring houses, they open up one of the houses and he goes, "Oh, you got a tif- typhoon inside!" And I'm like, "Oh, is that a reference to the first one when they opened the book?" Or was I like totally off base on that? That was I, Hurricane Irene. So I mean, possibly. Oh, I mean. I, I picked up a few because at one point someone meant like I think Gomez mentioned summer camp. Oh yeah, point. that's right. Yeah. Um, I, I picked up a few things, um, but we might just be reading into that. Maybe, possibly. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, watching it about like halfway through, I was thinking to myself, you know, if Kristen and I had a kid, and they wanted to watch this as like. You know, and they were young, and like this is their favorite Adams Family movie. There mm. is enough jokes and humor in it that I can remember that made me think of the other movies that I wouldn't have a problem with. It. Yeah, like this movie's not bad. If you yeah. have kids and they want to watch this, it's not a bad movie to watch with them. It's it's entertaining. It's just it's geared for kids. Yeah. <laughs> all of this to say, uh, the reason we're doing all of this is because. This film sequel comes out on Friday. Um, I'm watching I know, it. I know I'm going to the movie theater <laughs> twice this weekend, and neither one of neither one of them is to go see this. Uh, <laughs> oh no, I'm watching it. Let me tell you what this movie is about. If you can't tell from the picture on the screen, uh, to reclaim their bond, they uh, the family decides to cram Wednesday, Pugsley, Uncle Fester, and crew into their haunted camper and hit the road for one last miserable summer vacation. Their adventure across America takes them out of their element into hilarious run-ins with their iconic cousin, It, as well as many new kooky characters. What could possibly go wrong? Um, so, Devin, you got to read off the cast list for the the original animated film. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me let me list a few of the changes. Um, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Charlie Stone. Chloe Grace Moretz and Nick Kroll all return. Go Pugsley ahead. this time is not voiced by Finn Wolfhard. It's he's voiced by Javon Wana Walton. Uh, and then joining the cast are um, Bill Hader <gasps> and Wallace oh. Shaw, which to me is inconceivable. <laughs> that was a really good uh, Wallace Shaw. It's because I don't have a voice. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, so Finn Wolfhard's out. Bill Hader and Wallace Shaw are in. So I haven't seen anything besides this poster for this movie. Um, but yeah, I'm good for them. I hope it does well. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's it's probably not going to going up against a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. So. Or Did a, you see uh, that he's been casted for uh, possibly the next James Bond? Who? Shaw. Well, <laughs> inconceivable. <laughs> I did you guys though hear about the the Netflix one with Netflix and Tim Burton I for was the Adams just family? about to bring that up. Uh yes, yeah. Tim Burton, who I always thought had a hand in the Adams family movies in the 90s because I was an idiot. Little Alan was <laughs> stupid. Uh is directing a series for Netflix called Wednesday, uh, which focuses on Wednesday's adventures at a private school or something. Uh, she oh, atti- th- oh, wait. Follows Wednesday Adams years as a student when she attempts to master her emerging psychic ability oh, no. and solve the mystery that em- embroiled her parents. <clears throat> what? <laughs> that was not what I expected. I just saw the cast list and got excited by the cast list. Well, yeah, yeah. let's talk about the cast list. Uh, Jenna Ortega is playing Wednesday Adams. Uh, I don't know who she mm-hmm. is. She's but... a familiar face. I don't know where I've seen her before, but I've seen, I've seen her in something. Uh, let's see. Oh, she's in you. I've seen her in you. She was great in you. She plays the vice president's daughter in Iron Man three. <laughs> okay. Um. Other than that, Luis Guzman is playing Gomez Adams. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And then Catherine Zeta-Jones is playing Morticia. Also okay yes. with that. 100%. I will watch it based on those two castings alone. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't know that I loved the plot description of that, but... You know, after after this like week of Adams Family, I've had give me more. I'll take more Adams Family, please. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, they're just. I don't know what it is about it, but I just I really like the family dynamic that the Adams yeah. Family can bring about. Because one of the things that I wanted to kind of talk about um, has to do with like relationship goals and like relationship mm-hmm. statuses, and I've seen this posted a few times but not as he- like as heavy as others and Devin, i know that you're like really like eh, on like certain couple like fantasy couple like uh yes. couples that yes, people I tend am. to be like i'm this person in this relationship and i'm this person in this relationship and then you're mm-hmm. over there going that's not a good relationship that you want to base yourselves off of yeah yeah like joker and harley yeah if you want to if you want me to hate you call yourself a joker harley quinn relationship i'll never talk to you again (laughs) um i feel that the gomez morticia relationship doesn't get enough love because they honestly care about each other they are completely like it is they are like to me they're like the pinnacle of what it should be um and how it can be uh particularly about like the way that they talk to each other hence in the first movie where morticia was like you frightened me you were like a wild howling beast and frightened me and then he's like standing there going like is everything okay and she's like 
do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they are relationship goals. Like they they are a strong couple that you can clearly see the love there. Even if it doesn't make sense to you, you can still tell that they're absolutely in love. Uh, yeah. I, I really do like that that dynamic, and I think that's something that holds up throughout all three of these films. Mm-hmm. So, well, I like what they represent because I mean, the Adams family is meant to be a perversion of the stereotypic American family as portrayed in sitcoms. And one of the funniest, most poignant parts of that is why don't we just have a husband and wife that actually love each other? Yeah, because I mean, in every like sitcom you get is like Bob Big Bumble and Hustler, and I have like a way too attractive wife who kind of hates me. Like, well, I ugh. yeah, yeah, and I mean, like we can dive into that. Um, yeah, y- you've got that '70s show. The mm-hmm. kids' parents they're always at each other's necks with one insult after another. Married with children, probably the pinnacle of yeah. it of the whole, you know you know, like bad wife joke or whatever that, you know, is prevalent in all of that. Almost every sitcom you can think of has a, you know, the married couple at each other's throats. Yeah. And the few shows that ever kind of were more based on reality are the ones that I feel like people don't really talk about. Like Mad About You, if I got the name of that one right. Um, not sure if you guys remember that one, but th- 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 the most famous scene is is when the wife comes out of the bathroom and she holds the paper towel roll and the thing that the roll goes on and mm-hmm. she just puts them together and then storms out of the living room and the husband's there reading the newspaper and just goes... Not going to forget that again. And then he goes back to reading. <laughs> like, it's more real life stuff. Yeah. Um, than, or at least the first few seasons where I don't remember anything really past that. But I mean, the whole yeah. the whole um, sitcom husband trope has been picked apart a lot recently. Uh, there's a whole show on AMC called Kevin Can F, F Himself. That's based on right. based on the the whole thing that happened with Kevin James's last sitcom, where he didn't get along with his sitcom wife, so they wrote her off. They killed her off on the show and brought in his old sitcom wife to take her spot. Ew! Really? Yeah. Ew! That's a thing that happened. Like, yeah, it, it's it's messed up. Like, I I don't watch Kevin. I didn't watch Kevin Can Wait, but I really want to see Kevin Can F himself. Because it's got I would love to see Andy that. Murphy from Schitt's Creek on there. Um, I really want to watch that. So, well, I mean, it's it's I I don't like any of the stereotypes that 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 portrays. Like, I don't like the the idea of the idiot husband. I don't like the idea of the dutiful and awkwardly like overly accepting, but like also way too attractive for him wife. I don't like the idea of like the son that does all the sports. I'm trying to think of a sitcom that, like, in my, I don't think, know if there is a sitcom in my top five that is that standard sitcom dynamic. Because if you look at something like How I Met Your Mother, like, you have Marshall and Lily on there, but they're not, like, at each other's throats. What, what, like, at, for the most part, like, they do have the, those seasons where they're not together. But, like, when they are, it's not like that. And, that and like it's not that kind of dynamic like they have a healthy relationship and like i don't think there's many like i i don't know if i really watch that many family sitcoms that have that at least I know modern this, i feel like the yeah, simpsons I was almost that 
I feel like animated runs into that a little bit. Like, like, and it always sets it up as the husband's the goofy one, and the wife has to someone has to straight man him, and the yeah. wife ends up being the straight man. And like, it it's just it's so it's so easy to build into a, a like a family dynamic like that that it almost feels lazy. Well, and then, and like you look at the Simpsons and Family Guy, they're still making fun of that that archetype mm-hmm. from the the fifties and the sixties in the seventies and the eighties and the night, like, like family guys on this 20th year. Like they've been doing this just as long as like, they're still on the air. They're still yeah. on the air. Yeah. I'm so happy. I cut the cord. With cable <laughs> years ago. Oh, they stream. Don't worry. Yeah. You're, you still got I, Hulu. <laughs> I, it's whatever. Fine. I, as long as you see that, that's Kristen and I spent a lot of time talking about back in like 2011 you know, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, like, do we really need cable? Like, do we really need it? And we had, I had the conversation, like at that point, 2011, mm-hmm. okay, got Netflix, Hulu was just starting to yeah. like become a thing. And all of the sports I watched, they had their own streaming services. So we're like, we don't watch any yeah. of this other stuff. You know, you know, it's like th- th- there was literally no show that either one of us was trying to get home to see. Yeah. And yeah. at that point, we were like, "Yeah, okay. let's, just, let's just do it." So I've been out of the loop on all that. <laughs> uh, in the chat, I just want to bring this up quick. Uh, happy couples aren't going to be discussed by unhappy couples, but the ver- reverse may be true. Fair. Um, no, I think fair. Yeah. I think it's a good point. I think that if you show a happy couple and you're in a bad one, I think that it makes you question what's going on in your life more than a funny TV show once. Cause that's not the point of the TV show. The point of the TV show yeah. is like, let's show X, Y, or Z character, be funny, do the thing, do the dramatic, whatever. They're not like, it's not supposed to be a reflection on the audience. So maybe that's it. Like maybe yeah. that's, that's why it happens. I like that. Yeah. Thanks chat. Yeah. So is, <laughs> so then if you run into someone and they list a bunch of shows as their favorite, is that kind of like a flag of like, no, but it might actually start being now. <laughs> like, not a flag about, you know, like, not a red flag about that person, but just like, that ring might disappear in five years. <laughs> I'll call it an orange flag about their personal choices. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay. Anything else on the Adams family before we wrap this up? I have one thing. And yes. I think this is a common thread between all three of the movies. And fight me if I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong. I think <laughs> a rule of an Adams Family movie is that the song that plays over the credits has to be terrible. In all three of these movies, the song that I plays over you. the credits was awful. I hate you straight off the bat. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with any type of early 90s hip hop as long as it's done by an actual artist. Were any of these done by an actual artist? Yes. Who? The Adams Family hip hop. Look it up. The Adam. Okay, From hold the, on. It, it, it's not called the Adams Family hip hop. It's called something else. But I'm just saying, like the, the credits, like the Adams Family, and like it's the actual, you know, like a hip hop song from like the early '90s. What was it? MC Hammer. Yeah, it's MC Hammer. <laughs> early '90s. Early '90s. That's all I gotta say. It's legit. It's a, oh he's a legit God. artist in 1991, 1993. Devin, don't laugh at that. You know how he went bankrupt. No, how? No, like he had money at one point. He lost it all. He lost his Adams family money. Doesn't that make it even funnier? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Wow. So then, 
as soon as I heard the hip hop song at the end of the, you know, this new one, uh-huh. the animated one, I was like, oh, it's tie into the older movies. I mean, fair. And that's and that's new. That's new age hip hop. Like that's what rap is now. Hold on. Like if you Adam's listen, fam- then... Adam's Family Groove is a single performed by hip hop artist Hammer that was released as the theme song to the 1991 film The Adam's Family. The song was his last top ten hit. It was a top ten hit in yeah. the United States and was was the recipient of the Golden Raspberry Award for the worst original song at the 12th Golden <laughs> Raspberries in 1991. I don't care. It's not a good song. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like I'm going to give you, know. you the information on the sec, the sec, the sequel one. Adam okay. Sandler, whoop, uh, performed <laughs> by tag team. Yes, another another legit uh, group. Oh no! Okay, so then who is twenty nineteen then? Oh, Snoop Dogg helped out with the. Oh no! It was another one. It's Rock Mafia, Snoop Dogg, Migos, and Carl G. Those are real. Like, right. I'm telling you right, like I'm, I'm telling you right now, how goofy these are to you, mm-hmm. okay, is how, to be honest, Scott Pilgrim, the music in Scott Pilgrim, yeah, it's like it's, it's there's a few songs in it that are good, okay, that they do, but the majority of it sounds to me like this stuff does to you, fair. I mean, because fair. it's because it's movie, like it's fake movie music stuff that's supposed to be like edgy and like in in like a subgenre type uh, stuff you know what i mean okay okay here's here's my point of comparison because i know you guys are going to do this soon is this better or worse than the eminem song venom at the end of the movie venom you know what? I'll just give you this answer. Give me Peter Gabriel at the end of it. Oh, go to hell. For you to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to complain this much about hip-hop, I'll go right to Peter Gabriel. <laughs> I don't think he's complaining that it's hip-hop. I think he's complaining that it's cheesy hip-hop. It is. No, no, no. I know. I know. But see, you got to understand, like... If you listen to a lot of what became mainstream hip hop hits in the mm-hmm. late, like the very late 80s, like early 90s, it all sounds cheesy. And then and then when you go to listen to like the actual songs on those albums, that's that's when you get into like the now I kind of understand why suburban moms were so upset about their children listening to this stuff, yeah. because, you know, that's where like it was it was a total flip. Um of like what what the lyric content was and what the sound was, and to be honest, Aqu- Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The intro to Aqua Teen Hunger Force sounds more like what the majority of hip hop made in the '90s was. Yeah, that's fair. And then you've got you know like this is how we do it, making like top tens because you know suburban moms was fine with that song. She wasn't fine with track ten, but she was fine with that one. I, I just really like the idea that you set up of like Adam's family values is the gateway to hardcore hip hop in the nineties. <laughs> That's it what is. I, it's the gateway drug. <laughs> and now, and now the gateway drug is uh, is Snoop Dogg. It, it, oh, yeah. he was always Snoop. Snoop Dogg is a walking 
is <laughs> is a walking gateway drug. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, okay, I think that does it for the Adams family. Uh, I think Devin kind of gave it away, but next week, uh, Ryan and I will be reviewing Venom: Let There Be Carnage. That is the film that I am going to go see twice this weekend and not see Adams Family <laughs> Two once. Um, so join us here next Tuesday for that. Devin will not be joining us. He will be off getting married in Paris. I will. Um, so good luck to you, Devin. Wish we could Thank be you. there, but we have to. Somebody has to hold the fort down while you're gone. <laughs> you're doing um, God's work, gentlemen. Yes, Thank we you. are. Um, no, so uh, congratulations to you and Romana. Hope you guys have a Thank great you. wedding. It's a, been a long time coming. Uh, really, though? Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, so congratulations to you. Enjoy your time off. Um, Thank you. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to torture you by making you go see Venom 2. Uh, <laughs> and then Devin, everything that Alan said about the wedding. Yes, same oh, here. Oh, good. It's not just Alan going... Devin, congratulations, and then we get to Ryan, like, okay, everybody, see you later. Yeah. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> get out of here. Um, enjoy your time in Paris. Uh, for everyone watching at home, though, you can check, join us here next Tuesday um, at the same time. I don't know. We don't have to worry about somebody in Europe, so maybe we'll change the time up. <laughs> to know for sure, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. We'll let you know what time we're going live next week there. Uh, you can also follow us here on Twitch if you're watching uh, us live. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to catch up on older shows and to catch us live over there. Um, you can listen to our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Um, and until next time, where hopefully I have my voice back, uh, for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And... Um, like a turd in the wind, we'll see you next week for Venom. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's a line in Venom 1, guys. I don't I know, know if it is. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. try to forget it. I'm going to have to go rewatch that now. So, bye. <laughs>